Good morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Boiler. <coughs> Don't think we have any visitors, but if there's any hiding under the chairs, you're very welcome. Um, and well done for remembering we were on an early start. I have a sneaky suspicion we might have a few more folk joining us around um, 5 to 11, but we'll see how we go. It's good to see you all here today. Um, obviously, I'm taking the service this morning, and as usual, everything you need to follow the service is on the order of service. So we're going to, instead of a call to worship this morning, we're just going to watch a short video. <coughs> My name is Rachel and I work in international development and I'm delighted to be a trustee of Operation Agri. Operation Agri supports many projects around the world. Leeds helps Tamil people return to their homes in the north of Sri Lanka after 25 years of war and conflict. When Mr. Paramsuti returned to his village after years away, he had a problem. I couldn't find my land, no house, no well, no fences. We finally identified it by the trees. Leeds gave us a well. It's a big help. We couldn't survive without it. Leeds have helped build large brick and cement wells. It can take two months' work employing a skilled mason. Only deep wells have water all year round. Another great need is to help women like Mrs. Erin Tabor. She's disabled, losing her leg in the war. Her husband disappeared and her son was killed. I didn't have enough income for my needs, but I had training in sewing organized by Leeds. Now she earns money making clothes. In traditional Tamil Hindu villages, women cared for the family while men earned the money. But many women lost husbands in the war. So Leeds workers like Pradeepan bring new ideas. They have elected leaders and started a savings group. Leeds provided savings books and training on finance. And women decide who most needs a loan to improve their lives and livelihoods. Women are helped to support their children. New wells are being completed. Lives are being changed. And Christian workers from Leeds are bringing new hope. So we join together in our opening hymn of praise. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. We stand if we're able as we sing.
Our prayer this morning is a responsive prayer which is printed on the order of service and it will also appear on the screen. And it is taken from a Christian aid resource called Harvest for the World. And after we have shared in that prayer, we will join together in the Lord's Prayer in our own familiar versions. So let's pray together. At harvest time, we thank you, God, for all the bounty we receive. The planted seed, the growth of food and more than we alone achieve. So we may always be aware you give us life. This is our prayer. You give abundantly to us. May we express our thanks to you by giving freely of ourselves, our time, our talents, our money too. So we may we learn to love and share the things we have. This is our prayer. The fruits of earth are meant for all. For all are children who depend upon the need for food and clothes. We sense the purpose you intend. So may we be just and fair of others' work. This is our prayer. The earth you give us for our needs is not a place to waste and spoil. We are but stewards of your world. Entrust the seas, the air and soil. So we may be used to support and care your planet earth. This is our prayer. The harvest of our hearts and minds will be the fruit of all we sow. And many are the tares and weeds. Yet, blades of love and truth can grow. God of the harvest, you are here. Help us grow. This is our prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Our first reading this morning is from Psalm 107. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached uninhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. Our gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 10 beginning at verse 40. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple. Truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. And finally from James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. What good is it my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. I guess you could say that what we have today is a sermon in three parts. Not a three-point sermon, a three-part sermon. Firstly, a little bit of background on Sri Lanka. Then some input from Operation Agri. And lastly, 
a reflection on the verses of scripture that we heard read for us. Sri Lanka is an island just off the east coast of India. It's roughly the same size as Tasmania and around about two-thirds the size of the island of Ireland. Like many nations, the flag is hugely symbolic. The golden lion on a marine background represents the majority Sinhalese people, whilst the two vertical stripes uh, represent the minority Tamils with an orange or saffron strip and the Muslims with a green strip. And the gold border is meant to symbolise unity. The four leaves stand for four principles of Buddhism. Sri Lanka has a long and proud history dating back to ancient times and is still a predominantly Buddhist nation. At various times through its history, different nations have had control of it. Most recently, it was part of the British Empire when it was known as Ceylon, a name that continued to be used until 1972. I actually can remember hearing on Blue Peter about the name change. I don't know why it was on Blue Peter, but it was. And they still use Ceylon as the name for their tea that they produce. But since 1948, it's been an independent country and right from the outset has had a form of democracy. Under British rule, the minority Tamils were able to access education and privilege, something that's not left an entirely happy legacy, it has to be said. In more recent times, internal tensions and warfare have left the Tamils as a marginalised group of people, often living in extreme poverty and largely in the north of the island. Sri Lanka is a beautiful island with a huge biodiversity among its indigenous species. Elephants, leopards, sloths or sloths, depending where you went to school, deer and langurs are among the many different mammals that can be found there. And among the exotic native birds are the Lanka blue magpie, the red-faced malcoha, and the green-billed kukal. I think it's fairly evident which one's which, which one's blue, which one's got a red head, and the other one does have a green beak, trust me. And the native plants include many beautiful flowers and trees, the famous palmyra palms and flowering acacia. As I've already mentioned, tea growing remains a very important export. Okay, lovely to see you. Come in, come in. Within Sri Lanka. Sorry, how's the children of everybody else? Okay. It's fine. Don't worry. It's, it's fine. It is absolutely fine. We thrive on muddle, don't we? It's just like part of our life. It's great. So this is a Sri Lankan or Ceylon tea plant. Can we just, yeah, can people move up just to make space or something? So, so tea is one of them. It remains a very important export. And Ceylon tea apparently is the best tea you can get. Anybody here drink Ceylon tea? Is it the best you can get, Wendy? You like it? There we go. So Wendy will give us the, the lowdown on Ceylon tea. Elsewhere in Sri Lanka, like a lot of parts of Asia... Garment manufacturing is a huge growth industry and many well-known high street stores source their products from factories like this one. And I think if anybody has seen things like blood, sweat and t-shirts or similar programmes on, on television, uh, on BBC Three when it used to exist, um, a lot of concerns about the, 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 the garment industry and the safety of the workers there. But jewellery is also an important source of income in Sri Lanka, with precious stones um, and diamonds particularly amongst those. The rubber industry used to be really important in Sri Lanka. I actually can remember when I was at school having to draw an image of a rubber tree being tapped 
and, and drawing a map of Sri Lanka to go along. Kent's nodding. He obviously had the, he had the same geography teacher as me, clearly, <laughs> or the same geography textbook anyway. Probably true, actually. Um, so rubber is still an important thing, but not as much as it was. And, of course, more recently, tourism has begun to grow. So overall, it's one of the most prosperous and highly developed Asian nations. It's culturally diverse and it's forward-looking. And if that's the case, it's all the more sad and troubling that in the north are the Tamils living in abject poverty. So we're going to move on now to look at some information that Operation Agri have given us to help us think about Sri Lanka. I'm actually using their script for this. Operation Agri is helping families in northern Sri Lanka. After years of destruction and neglect, village communities need to be restored. They need better water supplies and the means to support and educate their children. Operation Agri's partners are helping them, showing Christian love in action to struggling communities. Whoever did this was just learning to do PowerPoint because you get about three million different effects that I would never use, but there you go. Christians are a minority in Sri Lanka. The majority of people speak the Sinhala language and follow Buddhist traditions. However, the north of the country is the home of Tamil-speaking Hindus. Their languages and customs led to distrust, erupting into violence. A group known as the Tamil Tigers fought for self-rule but the government was determined to prevent this. There were 25 years of conflict and all-out civil war where much of the north suffered from bombs, landmines and people fleeing to resettlement camps. In 2009, the war finally ended and the government had to restore roads and infrastructure and gradually allowed people to return to their communities where they found that just about everything had been destroyed. Leeds is a Sri Lankan Christian development agency and Operation Agri has been supporting its work for some very needy Tamil villages. When the Leeds workers go there, their first priority is to meet the people and ask them what they consider to be their greatest problems. Leeds workers ensure that all are included and that those who suffer from disabilities or who are war widows, get special help. In Nagakovil, or something like that, there was nowhere to meet except for underneath a tree. So Leeds helped them to build a community centre with Operation Agri's support. All the community helped with the building work, a bit like when we were thinking last week about rebuilding the walls with Nehemiah. Everybody joined in and helped together. And they now use this centre for planning meetings, women's group, fishermen's clubs and children's activities. It's really important to train leaders and form official community organisations, organisations recognised by the local government. Leeds helps them to plan the community work and to apply for government help. They train women to run savings groups. They also teach children about health and hygiene, the importance of school, and how to help younger children learn well. Toilets were a big concern. Pit latrines are the method they use here. Many poor families or those with disabilities didn't have the means to dig and build a proper toilet. So Leeds brought in the cement and fittings and enlisted the community's help to ensure that everybody had access to a toilet, greatly improving the health and hygiene for the whole village. More wells are urgently needed. Many families have to walk a long way to the nearest village well. It takes a lot of time for the women and makes it hard for farmers to grow enough crops, especially in the long dry season. So Leeds brings in a mason and cement to help them organise this. It's a long task. Shallow wells can dry up, so they actually have to dig very deep. (laughs) 
Now they have safe, clean water all year round, close to their homes. Each well has a means to use either a bucket or a motorised pump to get water to irrigate the crops during the dry season so that they can produce food to eat or sell at that time of year and not just in the monsoon season. This farmer is really glad his plants are now well watered and flourishing. The vine's producing a healthy crop of bitter gourds. Does anybody know what a bitter gourd is? I I should have looked it up, but I have to say they don't look very appetising, but maybe they taste nice when you cook them, who knows. The women have a good harvest of cucumbers, which they're ready to sell. After all the troubles of the past years, living away from their land during the war, they're restoring their livelihoods. The people are really grateful to the Leeds workers who work with them for several years until the community is thriving and able to plan for the future. Everyone appreciates the way that the Leeds workers demonstrate their Christian values, respecting the dignity of each individual. And Leeds is very grateful for Operation Agri's active interest, prayers and financial support, without which they would not be able to reach these communities. So that's a bit about Sri Lanka and a bit about the work that Operation Agri does and how the money that we're able to give today will support that. But they also invite us to reflect on scripture. And Operation Agri actually asks us to reflect on just two verses from Matthew's Gospel, which we heard read for us, which is fine, but it always seems good to me just to have a little bit more than two verses to think about. In Psalm 107, we hear one of the numerous accounts of God's concern for all creation, and specifically for those who are the most vulnerable, those who are materially poor, those who have experienced struggle, those who have experienced exclusion, famine or drought, those who are refugees or displaced persons, those who in our language we would term asylum seekers. Their fundamental needs for food and water, and hopefully for shelter and warmth, are met in God's loving provision. And so the psalmist is prompted to thankfulness and praise. All of which sounds great, but the reality is not always like that, is it? People continue to lack access to clean water basic sanitation and the irrigation to grow their food. Faith in God all by itself isn't going to feed hungry children. It isn't going to change unfair systems. It's not going to bring water and welfare to the Tamils in the north of Sri Lanka or to any other group living in fear or marginalisation. As the letter of James so succinctly expresses it, faith without deeds is dead. Yes, we believe in a God who cares for all people, but that doesn't allow us just to sit back and go, okay, I'm just going to pray really hard and God will do it all. We also have to do something to demonstrate our faith is real. Faith and works go hand in hand. And we know that. I'm not saying anything that I haven't said a hundred times and you're probably fed up of me saying But I think this is where the verses from Matthew begin to come into their own. Although we do need to be a little bit careful because in their original context, they were spoken to the 12 before they were sent out on a preaching tour. So these are words we hear spoken to us as disciples, as people who are trying to follow Jesus and trying to learn from him, so how we we live out our faith in our own context, I'm not sending us out on a preaching tour, so don't panic. I'm not going to give you tracts at the door to go and pass out to people. That's exactly what this is not about. These words, I think, are encouraging just as much as they are challenging. The first strong theme in this very short reading is one about welcome and affirmation. Jesus says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Well, that's quite a relief, isn't it? You haven't got to go out and take tracts out. Thank goodness for that. 
We just have to be ourselves, to be God's co-workers in the world. People learning from Jesus, people who go out and meet others, who see something in us, in our humanity, they catch a glimpse of Christ's divinity. We use words about being the body of Christ and being God's hands and feet and all that quite easily. But that's actually what this is saying. Who we are in our everyday lives is the image of Jesus that people see. And I find that challenging because sometimes I'm not the nicest person. So I have to remind myself that I'm presenting Jesus as not a very nice person when I'm like that. Now, that doesn't mean to say that preachers and evangelists are not needed. But it's actually a reminder that whoever we are and whatever our gifts and skills are, they can be employed as for God without us even having to name that. You don't have to say, I'm a Christian doctor, I'm a Christian teacher, I'm a Christian hairdresser. You be the best doctor, the best teacher, the best hairdresser that you are because that's how God has made you to be. But there's more here. There's something about relationship, welcome, hospitality, inclusion, sharing, learning, loving, laughing. The mission partners in the north of Sri Lanka have to live it out every day. They build up relationships with people, learn to love them, and so show the love of God in their lives. And we can do that too in our own relationships, wherever they are, whoever they are with. And then the second thing they pick out when they look at this passage is that little things count. Just a cup of water given to a thirsty person will bring them hope. And doing that will bring pleasure to God. Um, They kind of try to untangle themselves from some knots that that sort of equate giving the water with rewards. And saying, no, it's not about you get rewarded. The reward you get is God's pleasure, that you are being who God wants you to be. You are loving God's people as God wants you to love them. The truth is that most of us can't work for overseas mission organisations and some of us, frankly, wouldn't want to, although we do have people here who have done so and really we give thanks to God for them. But everybody can do something. Those of us who have money to give away, £5 would buy a sack of cement to build a well. £15 would train a woman in tailoring so that she could earn her a living making clothes. £310 would buy a cow and £800 would build a deep well. Now, we haven't set ourselves a target as a church because we don't do that sort of thing. But it would be lovely to think that whatever little we can give, all that adds up together and makes a difference for people in Sri Lanka. It brings them hope. It reminds them that they're loved, and it reminds them that God is real and God cares. And, of course, some people have no money to give, and that is totally fine, because we listen, and we learn, and we pray, and we live out our faith day by day. And that allows us to do the same for the people we meet here. We can pray, we can give, we can be. And all of those together will bring welfare to people in the north of Sri Lanka and people on our doorstep here in Glasgow. So we're going to sing again. It's not a a, a hymn that perhaps we know, but I think the tune should be known to most people.
Our prayers today are based on those suggested by Operation Agri, but there will also be some space to bring our own thoughts to God in the quietness of our hearts. So let's pray together. We pray for the Leeds work that Operation Agri is supporting. And we pray that there will be more partners found to help further the valuable work that they are doing. Many donors have withdrawn because they see Sri Lanka as an emerging economy. But there are still huge needs and much poverty. And so we pray for compassion and wisdom in those in power who determine where money is spent. We pray for the recovery from the many years of conflict. The conflict ended in 2009, but the emotional wounds of affected communities still need much healing. We pray for the formulation of a constitution that is inclusive and non-discriminatory and that God will give wisdom so that those who seek to hamper this process will not be able to thwart it. We pray for understanding and consensus amongst all involved in the interest of the country and its peace. We pray for those whose livelihoods suffer due to extreme weather. Serious drought early this year affected the crops and many people's health. These disasters can lead to debt and poverty and continue these cycles of poverty and suffering for many, many years. So we pray for those who seek to bring relief. We pray for the church in Sri Lanka, that the church will be united in its stand for justice and be a voice for the poor people, that it will live its faith and be Jesus in its communities. And we pray for the wider world, for our own nation for our church and for ourselves. That God's love will surround us all. That God's wisdom will inspire those who have voices to speak out. That God's truth and God's justice will be seen in our lives. And that we will grow in love and hope and faith to the glory of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. And crowned as well.
God, we offer these gifts of money. We also offer the gifts of our love and our hope, our labours and our love. Accept them all, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So our closing hymn, look and see what God is doing. with us and can you imagine what it would be like if you left your home and had to leave your bible behind so we have got for each family a farsi bible and um, an english language bible to use alongside it and these come to you with our love so let's pray together god of love who cares for all people and knows our smallest needs. We ask you to bless us with that same love for others, but in a smile, in a word, in a random act of kindness, or in a planned response, we may indeed be Jesus to those we meet this week and every week. Mm-hmm.